If you are an estate agent, levy agent, or someone who is interested in the UK property market, then this, the UK property market stat show, is for you. The vast majority of indexes and measurements of the UK property market measure stuff from the property market that took place six or nine months ago. The land registry is, is looking at sales that were agreed last uh, autumn. The uh, nationwide are looking at sales that were agreed at Christmas. We're looking at the front end of the of the funnel. How many houses are coming on the market? Houses are being reduced. How many houses are selling? Because if we know what's coming at the top of the funnel, we obviously know what's going to be coming out the other end. By knowing how many houses are coming on the market, we can judge what's going to happen to house prices. You see, the simple fact is in 2007, 2008, the number of properties that were on the market almost um, not doubled, but went up by 50 to 70 percent, depending on where you are in the UK, within four or five months. So judging the number of properties for sale is a vital uh, bellwether of finding out where the property market's going property market is going also the number of sales as well so let's dive straight in and let's welcome for the second time brian mansell brian mansell your boss man of gazelle uh who are a firm that help estate agents get sales through much quicker brian used to be huge in the game with the countrywide group which were the biggest estate agency group by a country mile um and he used to run some pretty big operations in london so this man knows his onions brian thanks for joining me today for the second time So we're dealing with week 25 of the UK property market, which is Monday the 19th of June, all the way through to and including Sunday the 25th. So this does include, this is the week where we had that fabled half a percent increase in the Bank of England base rate. So in, we're going to have a look at that and see what effect that's had on the property market. And if you're good boys and girls, we'll actually have a quick sneak peek of what's been happening in the property market this week, which is Monday, the, um, hold on, get the dates out, 26th and 27th. We'll have a little sneak of that. This will be coming out on Friday, the 30th. Uh, so, Brian, shall we de delve straight in and have a look? Okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've had a look at um, the numbers, obviously, prior to this meeting as well. So, there are some interesting takeaways in here. Right, well, let's kick off. And we always start with the number of listings. And this week we are on 36,114 um, compared to the other weeks. Um, these are the same. Uh, we're looking at week 25 in isolation. We will look at the whole of 2023 in a second. Any thoughts on this before we... Um... Yeah, I mean, when I looked at this um, earlier, I actually had made an assumption uh, wrongly, uh, and that's obviously the problem with making assumptions, that we would see a much more, a, a much quicker um, uptake of new instructions, more instructions come into the market now as we go through June and head into, um, you know, the 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 summer market, the late summer market of July and August. Um, so I was quite surprised that the numbers, obviously, whilst they have bounced, haven't bounced as high as I thought they would. Okay, so I mean, just to give you an idea, um, that no, we'll come on to that in a second. The average listing price of a property, uh, this week is 449,000. Just to give you an idea, last week it was 450, week before 460, the week before that 444, 462, 445, 456. Um, we continuing to be, I mean, the average for the year is 433,986. Um, 
we're continuing to to that, that average asking price it is pretty stable but still a full price isn't it yeah but again as we've said many times on this program you know there are um the unknowns here you know is this a case of bigger houses coming to the market now who you know from economic reasons possibly or is this just um which i doubt this, this, what i'm about to say is, is is agents just putting the prices up and up and up which you know i doubt is actually happening because there's definitely a lot more sensitivity to um accurate pricing for new instructions uh, anecdotal evidence suggests is is that um that that is the case although i am hearing in certain locations there are certain estate agents who will go to the person's house that's been on market 12 weeks and say well we'll put it on the same price it's just poor photographs remember if a house doesn't sell it's for two reasons wrong price poor marketing um i mean even a right uh, even a property that's rightly priced but poorly marketed will still sell won't it unless it's a really rubbish market. I mean, if you've got people that are visiting clients after 12 weeks and telling them that it's the marketing that's not sold their house, they're deluded. You know, price is the ultimate barometer of whether a house will sell or not. Yes, the marketing and its, you know, its presentation is vitally important, but it's all about price. You know, it is all about price. And in a market that we have right now, it's more so about price than any of the years you're looking at there. So, you know, good marketing like video content, drones, professional photographs and floor plans. Do you think that is the cherry on the cake? You, you The cake still needs to be rightly priced. I, I would say it's the cherry on the cherry on the cake, to be honest. Um, you know, a good, well-structured pricing strategy um, with some basic marketing is enough to get a property um, getting interest. Uh, okay, so what's the advantage, though, of, of an agent with average marketing versus, let's just say they both put the same house on at the same price, what's the advantage of a, of a homeowner putting it on at an agent that charges a bit more but gets better marketing? Is there an well, advantage in this market? Yeah, well, I mean, the advantage is um, for the, you mean for the seller? Yes, well, yeah, I mean, they may obviously have people that are looking online at the advertising and seeing a more deeper range of advertising and making making a, uh, not making appointments to view based on what they can see or making appointments to view because of better marketing. So it could drive that. But ultimately, the, the price point is the critical element. So it'd be a case of if it's averagely priced, it might get five people around if, it's, if, if the price is OK. And good marketing might get seven or eight people around. And one of those extra two or three might be the one that pays an extra five or 10 grand. So it's worth paying an extra couple of grand on the marketing. Yeah, but you're never going to hear me say that, you know, that the the, the marketing of it is um, more important than the price because you've got a estate agent whose job is to pick up the phone and ring people about a property. Um, and that is a lost art in my book. Okay, um, but then that means all estate agents, all, all vendors need to do is just go on to market with purple bricks. and Or is it not that case? I'm being a bit naughty there. But no, you're not being naughty. Other online estate agents are available. I think if you've got an estate agent that has a bank of property buyers that are very well registered um, and up to date, you put a property on the market with an estate agent. You know the, the the first job of the agent, you know, even before you know marketing has been signed off, is to pick up the phone and ring your ring your best buyers. You know, and if you know those buyers well enough, then you'll be able to secure viewings and ultimately, you know, certainly secure some critical feedback on the pricing of the property. You know, people don't tend to um, call in and say, I'm not going to view this house because I don't like the pictures. They view because they think it's too much money or in the wrong location. And normally the wrong location means it's the wrong location for the price. Yeah, the garden's too small for the price. The road's too busy because of the price, not the road's too busy or the garden's too small because of the marketing. 
But ultimately, you know, the estate agent's job is to pick up the phone and deal with the existing market they've got and then use marketing to generate new business. What tends to happen, though, Chris, as you probably know, is that someone lists a property, sticks it online, there's a whole lot of money spent on marketing and sits there waiting for the phone to ring. That's I don't understand why they why they still do that, why they don't pick up the phone and ring people. You think estate agents earn their money by the ringing out the proactiveness and actually getting it from sale agreed all the way through to exchange and completion. That's where the true money gets earned, not necessarily because they have pretty pictures. The, th- the, the true money for an estate agent is thoroughly and aggressively challenging the market on a property. And that is not done just with marketing. It is done with a good price. Yes, a marketing strategy, but that marketing strategy, and let's be clear about this, is not you know, what the pictures look like. The marketing is... How many people have we got that we're going to speak to? Who are we going to follow up? Who are we going to talk to? Who are we going to contact about this property? When are we going to put it online to bolster the level of interest we've got on that? You know, uh, and marketing is how good are we at qualifying the applicant database that we have? How up to date is it? You know, I would challenge anybody, and, and it's a challenge that we couldn't do, to say, name me your five best buyers that need to buy a property before the end of July. Yeah, most people won't answer that. Not everybody, some will but the majority won't be able to answer that. And that's, in my opinion, lazy. I think you've ruffled a few estate agency feathers, but I can't disagree with you, mate. Right, let's move on. Uh, so this is the number of listings that uh, on a week-by-week basis, uh, the pink line is 2023. 27 is the pink, is the yellow dots. 18 is the turquoise dots. And orange is the... Um, 2019. Anyone listening to this on the podcast, there is a link where you can download all the graphs and watch these graphs. Uh, and it's the one that's called National Weekly Listings, 23 uh, to 19 to 18 to 17. Okay, so the number of listings, um, just to give you an idea, the running monthly average, the run, running weekly average since the start of the year, 32,788. Um, Again, I was on with Ian McKenzie last week. Week three through to week 13 seems a pretty even keel with all years. We then enter the holiday season of Easter and Bank Holiday Mondays, and we go into the roller coaster. And you can see that things level out um, from week 25 onwards. So we'll see where this graph goes. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, you know, we've talked previously, uh, and some of my colleagues have that have been on the show as well about you know the uh, the squiggly line in the middle there is you know largely down to the events that have taken place that tend to disrupt the even flow of a market. So, um, you know, yes, we've had obviously events last week in this period of week twenty five of an interest rate, a very large interest rate rise. Um, but um, it'll be interesting to see what that line does. I suspect, as I mentioned at the beginning, that I think that the listing period um, should start to grow. And or, or at the very least remain where it is and there should be a healthy number of new listings coming to market. But again, we don't want too many to flood the market, do we? Well, but you're going to get this in times of economic hardship. You know, people will move. We all know this for three reasons. You know, if they're, if they're not intending to, death, divorce and debt. Debt, I, I suspect, will be factoring in for a lot of people who are coming off of mortgages that they fixed a long time ago and are faced with a you know a nasty shock. Now, that doesn't you know, necessarily uh, mean that there's anything to worry about with the market. But ultimately, it's it runs like any other market. The more supply uh, and the less demand has an impact on pricing. Uh, and that's what we've said time and time again on this show, that it is down to the pricing strategy of these properties. If you're getting them on, great. But it is a race to get that feedback from your call outs, from new marketing to get the price point 
in an area where people is attracting regular interest and ultimately selling. Why do you think most a lot of estate agents don't do that and just whack it on right move and wait for the phone calls to come in? I think you need to ask them. I think people have um, had a maybe a misconception if they've been in this market for no more than a few years that that's all you need to really do. And in the first 24 hours, by putting it on Rightmove, Rightmove is doing your job. It's going to be sending out, and Zoopla, and on the market, I'm sure, will be sending out alerts to people who have pre-registered, telling them about a new instruction. And that is essentially doing the job of an agent, you know, certainly from, from the days that I used to be an agent. Um, well, you famously said in one of our – that Rightmove is sometimes the best – staff member of your estate agency oh yeah because right is going to tell every single person registered across its net across its entire uh database of a new instruction there's absolutely no deviance to that unless someone has not created a my right move account or switched off alerts which very few people do switch off alerts i mean so actually you know you've got and let's be honest estate agents you know i don't know they're dealing with probably hundreds of thousands of buyers and on their database and are those people up to date? I was taught a very long time ago that to be successful as a negotiator, you need to cultivate no more than 25 to 30 buyers at any one time. But you have a deep understanding of what those people, what their motivations are. Because let's face it, right? Right now, if you are dealing with a first-time buyer, the questions for registration should be based around why, not what. Not what are you looking for? Why are you doing it now? Tell me, you know, because... Let's let's take a first-time buyer. You would have been a first-time buyer last year, and you'll be a first-time buyer next year if you don't buy now. So, what is it specifically that's making you do it now? And these are the, the you know the questions that need to be asked, in my opinion, to have a richer understanding of who you're dealing with, so that when you do get a new instruction, you're able to go, I know exactly who this will appeal to, and you put that call in. And like I said before, the marketing is backing up filling in the database when you've exhausted the people that you're dealing with because after all you've said to somebody i'll keep you informed of new instructions you haven't said right move will keep you informed of new instructions there's got to be an advantage of going on a mailing list and i think i think we as an industry have lost that art well i think it's not it's not, not a mailing list anymore that's 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 the days when you used to stuff it into a brown envelope and post it out um post it out on a weekly a weekly basis when your photographs came back this is about a contact list it's a contact strategy that you should have as part of your marketing strategy for any new instruction that comes to the market. Great insight, Brian. Let's move on to price changes. And the number of price changes this week are presently stood at 23,500. Um, the, the, the running weekly average is 18,586 with an average price of 435. Uh, the running average at the moment is the average price of a property being reduced is 405,000. Um, any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I think what we will see is that if people need to keep a close eye on obviously the number of instructions coming through. Uh, and rather than, as a lot of them do, high five when they've had a really great month on instructions, look at the impact that's likely to have on their stock. Because, of course, the more, in, the more properties you bring to the market in a particular area, the impact that's going to have on price downward price pressure, because of course you're you know back to the supply and demand. You're bringing in a lot more supply into a market which has maybe not necessarily you know big weakening demand, but the demand versus supply ratio will change, and therefore that will put downward pressure on um, on asking prices. So, and I think I've said before, and, and it's a, you know, a a comment I give to agents that ask me, you know, if you're asking um, for an amount you're comfortable with, it's not enough. 
Um, so those asking prices need to need to be coming down, particularly when you've got the the, uh, the issues of over what seventy percent of people roughly are buying with a mortgage now, um, and of course you know you want to do your very best to um, to to make sure that you're going to get past the down valuation stage without having one. Indeed, let's right let's uh, let's carry on to the next slide, and uh, we've got the number of sold submitted contracts, which is 23,668. I think this number surprised an awful lot of agents. Um, um, but remember, what you've got to remember is, what you've got to remember is, most of the sales in the UK happen at the end of the week. Um, I, um, I published... Um, some details, and I think we'd sold 8,000 properties on Thursday and Friday. Now, again, a lot of those were sales that were probably offered was made before the Bank of England. We will come on and talk about how many houses and so Well, in fact, let's do that now while I remember. Um, last week, Monday, Tuesday, there was 4,811 house sales and 939 fall-throughs, which will come on to fall-throughs in a second. Uh, this week, first two days and again this is very early days brian and you shouldn't if you look at it on a day-by-day basis you'll have a heart attack because it'll be spiky as hell but i think it was just important after the important bank of england i just got a feeling we were at the property mark conference yesterday which is a big national conference for estate agents and a little pe- few people got nervous about it at monday and tuesday this week number of house sales 4662 for monday and tuesday and the number of fall throughs nine hundred and sixty two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, what you tend to find is the more the sales tend to get agreed towards later in the week. But again, we're on track for Monday, Monday and Tuesday. Again, I think a lot of people could have expected double the figures from the week before, couldn't they? With with all the with what's happening being said in the newspapers. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're listening to the newspapers, um, then good luck to you, uh, because actually, as we've said, I don't know, until I'm blue in the face, you know, your only market you should worry about is, is your local one, not the national one, because that's, you know, where you're moving most people. Um, uh, and I guess you are, you are definitely right. You know, people, the old days of, you know, arranging your viewings on a Friday, they turn up on a Saturday, they make an offer on a Monday. By the time you get the price right, it's Thursday, and the deal gets turned to sold, sell agreed Thursday, Friday, and then you go again is probably, I would thought, and I don't know, but I would thought, you know, following a similar pattern, I'd be very surprised, very surprised um, if you're getting <clears throat> very many asking price offers coming in on a Monday, so you're doing your deals very quickly. Um, there's definitely a, a more of a, a lag to getting the offers agreed, and they are coming in um, at a lower price. What, and, uh, I've only got anecdotal evidence, but I like to look at the stats going through the month and the amount of palpitations I've done when I've logged on on a Wednesday, because I do one of these every week, and the figures on the sales go, oh, my God, here we go, it's Armageddon, and they catch up. So yeah. I've got no stats to back that up, and I haven't had time to do each week since Jan, but ba- bottom line is is that anecdotal evidence suggests that most of the deals tend to get arranged towards the end of the week. Um, right, so there's 23,668 uh, 23, properties sold. Uh, the running average is 22,345 for the week, for them per week for, since the start of the year. So we're still above. But you would expect that because it's, it's June and it's rock and roll time. But again, yep. we then have a quick look at this graph. We are still... 
in the mix of 19, 18 and 17. We are going to bring in 2021 and 22 into the mix on net sales, which is the number of gross sales, less the fall throughs that week, because we've had some people saying, well, you've got to look at those years. Let's look at it on net sales, but not let's not muddy the waters on the other. Um, any thoughts on this one, mate? Well, yeah, just that, you know, really, you know, we, we've been comparing um, to these previous years. But of course, you know, what you have to take into account is that um, economically, those years are not comparable to what we have right now. Now, um, you know, and certainly, you know, certainly this year has been, and certainly in the last few months, there's been some wild speculative estimates on what the interest rates are going to do by the end of the year that are changing on a weekly basis. So it really is, you know, uh, a bit of a, a, a tumultuous time with forecasters putting out one week that the interest rate is going to peak at four and a half and then saying it's now going to peak at six and a half. And who, the bottom line is no one knows, okay? Nobody actually knows. So the fact of the matter is, you know, if you need to buy a house and you need to sell your house, then you do that regardless of the market conditions. You are, you're, you're dealt the hand that you've got to play. Oh, sorry, you play the hand that you dealt. Um, and what I suspect right now is that the number of sales are not you know, taking a spike like you're comparing to 2019, probably because the prices aren't uh, on bank, aren't where they need to be right now. Uh, the average price of, so that's the number of gross sales year to date. We will compare what that means to net sales because they're the ones that actually go through. Um, interestingly, the average price of a property selling this week, it's been through, now this is the average asking price of a property when it goes to sale agreed. We do not know the price that's been achieved on that sale. However, I've said before, what is particularly interesting is this. We, have, we are all hearing of, yes, they knocked 10% off, they knocked 5% off. But can I make a... The, 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 uh, Hamptons, the estate agents, did some uh, do, produced some wonderful statistics... And for every year since, for every month since 2018, they have analysed what the the asking price was, take written that down, and then actually when it's gone through to completion, what it completed at, and that's not just Hampton's properties because Hampton's are part of a large group, so they look at all their other stats. And what is this is absolutely batshit crazy, mate. Is this is that the maximum average difference? even in 2008 when the poo was hitting the fan was 2% yeah on average so therefore it's so this is a this is a stat for the estate agents watching this is this if you are saying to people you know a vendor saying no keep it at that price and I'll, someone will knock me down 5 or 10% even at the height of the global financial crash in 2008 the average gap was still no more than two percent therefore you have to bring the asking price much closer to where it's worth yeah and, and that's the proof yeah that's interesting because that that coincides with um stick figures released this week by zoopla i think it was in their house price index which was showing that you know 42 percent of sales being agreed are now being agreed with offers of five percent lower or greater than five percent on all on the deals so you know i mean we talk. I've talked before about speed of sale, and you know the more close you can get your price, your asking price, your marketing price to the price that you eventually will end up selling the property for, the quicker that you'll achieve your sale, and that and that de-risks your business quite considerably because you're not at risk of losing a property. And of course, if you've got a, you know, if people still are using twelve-week agreements and you have a sale agreed on week two, um, you've still got you know you're under agreement. If anything, God forbid, happens to that sale before exchange. Whereas if you're selling the property later on. 
then you're going to be out of contract if the deal falls through. Then you're very vulnerable. Um, and commercially, that's not a good place to be. Indeed. Right, let's move on. Now, interestingly, the uh, this is the difference between, and we're going to look at the percentage. Well, let's just have a quick look at the percentages now. The percentage difference between the average asking price of a property selling and the average asking price of a property being listed. Okay, so the listing price, as you can see in this graph here, slightly higher, that's the yellow one, which is at the moment this week, 449, whilst the average asking price of a property actually selling, 371,000 pounds. Now this doesn't mean that the the, the price is being knocked from 449 down to 371. It's, it just, the bottom line is this, is I'll just give you some, I'll just give you some. You're listing houses at 450 and you're selling houses at 370. So you've got an an area where you're listing properties and then an area where you've got the biggest demand from buyers. Yeah, just to give you an idea, uh, and this is the whole of the UK. Now I've done this by town by town by town basis. So um because that, that's what I do. My daytime job is I'm a property economist. But um for properties that are in the price range of say 200 to 250, they would have a saleability rate of 70.35%. So therefore if you put a hundred houses on the market uh between 200 and 250, 70.35% of them have sale agreed. Okay. But if you go to say 600 to 750, for every 100 houses you put on the market, you've only sold 49.86. And interestingly, over th- over 3 million is 26%. Yeah, and that's down, that down to buying power as well. You might have a demand level that's higher than that, but the ability to actually buy has been significantly hampered, obviously, with the economic uh, change gone so through. Ba- yeah, so basically the bottom line is this, is that if, if a property is a, a lower price property have a greater propensity to sell, then therefore the average price is going to be dragged down. Mm. The the magic thing is to look at the percentage. Now, the percentage difference this week is 21.2. The long-term running average for for the last seven years has been between 15 and 16%. This year it's been 20.7%. Although there are some absolute weird regional variations in that figure, which we'll come on to when we look at the regional stuff. I guess the ultimate ultimate number to look at here is of the properties that you've sale agreed what was their original marketing price so what is that gap because that's just the gap between what's been listing and what's been selling whereas actually what you want to be looking at for guidance and this is definitely something that you want to do in your business is to say take your last 10 deals or even your last five deals um, and say right of the ones that we've we've got under offer two things what were their asking prices so what's the gap yeah, that gives you an opportunity to know that what you're talking about with your next seller, that you've got some, you know, some factual logical evidence. But then you should also be looking at what's the time difference is taken to get from point A to point B. How long has it taken us to get that buyer introduced that property sold? Uh, and did that property have a reduction before or an adjustment, sorry, before we achieved a sale? So was it initially here, then it came to here, then it got under offer? If that's the case, well, then that's got to happen quicker. Or did it not? Is it was it still at its uh, was its price unchanged before we secured a buyer on it? What is that percentage? Fantastic. Right, number of sales fallen through. We are this week. We're on six thousand five hundred and forty-six. Uh, again, surprised an awful lot of people that we had more fall throughs in twenty-one and twenty-two. You wouldn't think that, but remember, we had more sales. So right. really, 
it's all about the percentage, which we'll come on to in a second. The average number of fall throughs, this is the highest number of fall throughs at 6,546 this year in terms of raw numbers. Um, in terms of, but what we've got to remember is this, in the fabled September months and October months of last year, the number of sales that were falling through. So first week in October, eight and a half thousand, eight and a half thousand the week afterwards, eight thousand, seven thousand, three hundred, seven thousand, three hundred. So and the the percentage fall through, which we'll come on to, was 39, 40, 40 point five, 38. When you are falling through that sort of the, the percentage of gross sale, the number of the, the percentage of um, so you've got 10 house sales that week and three are formed through from your pipeline. Three as a proportion of 10 is 30 percent. That's the 30 percent fall through rate. It doesn't mean that the 10 you've sold have fallen through in that week. Could be, but often it isn't because they fall through later on in the, in the 19 weeks it takes between sale agreed and, and exchange. But Brian, if only there was this firm that could shorten that figure and have a have a fall through rate. What's your fall through rate on Gazelle? Uh, just over four percent. Wow, boys and girls, do check Brian out. This is not an advertorial. This is not an advert, Chris. I, I mean, we've said that, and I've always come on here without having any intention to talk about it. But obviously, when you're faced with these stats, you know, I've faced these. I've been, a, I was an agent for a very long time, as everybody knows, or you, well, you certainly know, um, and. There hasn't, there wasn't a solution. Now, there are a number of different solutions, not just us, not just me, a number of different solutions. But ultimately, when you're faced with an economic climate where your costs are going up 10, 11%, your staff, your staff expectations for salaries need to happen, you know, will be higher now than they've been for a long time because they're under, understandably so, you know, their own economic pressures at home. And you've got 30, well, you've got 20 plus percent of your potential revenue either falling completely out of your business or being significantly delayed because the property needs to be resell. If why is that not your number one priority? This is what I I still fail to understand. It's people talk about it, but they don't take action. And unfortunately, you know, I'm sorry to say, but there are there will be people that will be in serious financial trouble unless they do something about it. There is something you can do about it. And it's not just with us, it's with lots of other people. But do something, for God's sake, because actually, this is helping your customers. This is what they want you to do. Unfortunately, I think there's going to be a number of estate agents that go out of business who are still on all the three portals with their sexy as hell package with all the bells and whistles. And basically, their last check they write will be to the portals as 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 they throw, not throw away, but spend three, four, five thousand pounds a month Boys and girls, just get out there, and there are so many solutions out there. But just be open to new ideas. Okay? Just, 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 I would say the actual advice right now is, you know, as we're seeing these numbers and they're continuing to to increase, is stop being. You know, what's distracting you? You know, focus on the economics of your business because that's what you're doing it for. You're doing it to have a healthy business to suit your lifestyle and and provide. And actually, more importantly. There's a responsibility if you have staff members to look after those people and 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 you know make sure that you are fit and proper to run your business. And if you are heading down an, a, you know a, a road blindfolded, thinking that you know spending all your time on social media and everything else is is acceptable, and you know that's fine if it's actually giving you the outcome that you're spending your time on, then great. But if it's not because you're not measuring it, then you take the blindfold off and have a really good look at this because. This is serious. 
you're, you're talking about an issue in the UK that affects estate agents with fall-throughs or delayed commission of over £1 billion of commission value, not property value, of commission value. In any other industry, that would cause people to stop dead in the tracks, get the telescope in the right place, and do something about it. And boys and girls in the state agency land, if you can get the sell-through quicker and have less fall-throughs, you're going to get paid more, but also it's going to be a great way to attract more people to your agency to list in the first place. Come on, boys and girls. Right, let's move on. Number of net sales, 17,122. Running average, we're on the actual average. Number of net sales is 17,205 as a running average. The cumulative net sales to date is 400. And 30,128. I've been looking at other years. I've been looking at other years and then therefore planning it forward. We're heading towards the number of trans last year, number of transactions 1.1 million. And remember, don't worry about house prices. Nobody knows what's going to happen to house prices. I mean, I think they're going to, they're obviously going to go down, but it's the extent. But don't worry as estate agents. The magic thing is this is it's all about transactions. You are being paid on the houses that you sell. And if you there are fewer transactions, that means you need to have a greater slice of the pie and or charge a higher fee. We are presently sitting on 430,128 net sales. We are going to probably end anywhere between 830 and 880 number of transactions for the end of the year. That is a reduction of 25% on last year. That's, you know, wow. so what are you doing to get a bigger share of the market? Okay. Well, okay, yeah, wow. Remember, in the the worst the worst property market for estate agents was uh, was, and again the they they do it a year to year. I think the but the worst twelve months was six hundred ninety three thousand, but I can't remember which which twelve month window because they two thousand nine was that or two thousand eight? Was it? It was oh eight oh nine, but I can't remember which month it was from and to because they just right. keep every month they just move the twelve month, but again. We are we are dealing with fewer transactions. What are you doing to get more listings? What are you doing to attract more people to your agency? Yes, you should put your listings on there because listings do wrap people out. But what other thought leadership stuff are you chucking out to attract people, their attention and their eyeballs to your agency? Or are you just waving market share pie charts and waving your willies like, like you just don't care because it's just egotistical? Because, I mean, as I've always said, is that you know a, a pie chart is is a wonderful thing it's like a penis it's a wonderful thing to be proud of brian but when you start waving it in my face we start having problems and I, yeah you know <laughs> sorry I just... I think, look, but look you know that people have the right intentions you know agents you know they're certainly the ones that i'm dealing with on a daily basis which is a large number of them genuinely care and they're very busy and their time there's significant time pressures and it is not easy we know that but there's got to come a time where we go, you know, the purpose of doing these stats is to be an early warning system. You know, I, you know, I work with some some phenomenal people that taught me an awful lot of the stuff I know today. Was I was taught and I learned. But actually, it was like a magic eye. If you look at the picture, if you look at the images that we're showing, you look at the stats, they are going to tell you a glimpse into the future of the next three to six months. And you've got a wonderful opportunity to prevent what may happen negatively to you or to create a really positive situation but really the advice is what you can't do is keep your blindfold on you know 
it just doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't look at this now and go, right, okay, this is our strategy, our contact strategy. You know, price correctly, and if not, if we have to compete with the, with the local um, estate agents that are overvaluing or, or, or being still looking at rose-tinted glasses, then so be it. But set expectations much earlier. If we take it on at this price, this is, you know, this is what we've got to do in the first couple of weeks. Then we need to make a firm decision about what adjustments we need to make to continue getting activity. And I can tell you now, unlike any other show I've done for you right now, I am dealing with 11 directly people who have sold their house on a bit of sales progression type of thing, dipping my toe in. Um, so I am talking directly and quite uniquely from someone in my position I'm talking to sellers who have just listed their property. I'm talking to buyers that are making offers. I'm talking directly to people in a chain who are currently going for a transaction. And I'm talking to 16 different firms of conveyancing in that process. And it is mind blowing the fact that people have been educated when they first go on the market to a certain degree, but then they're facing the reality when they go into a transaction and then they're getting the information that they really needed to have much earlier. And actually when they have that information, they're quite happy to do something about it because they want to move. They are aware. There is a conscious awareness from the public of what is going on in the market. And there's a big nervousness and they are prepared to accept the right advice from people with the relevant backup. So don't be afraid of it. Big lesson there for you next is that when we do say agreed is that they need to be told what to do. And I think we assume we know what we're doing. Big ideas. Right. Let's just wise through this because time is moving swiftly. Uh, gross sales as a percentage of listings at 65. The long-term average is 76. Um, the, the average for the year has been 67. Just shout up if there's anything you want to say here, Brian. Um, fall throughs. Now, this is something that's, this is, I think this is an early warning system, boys and girls. This is the first, this is the, um, this is the second week that we have broken through the long-term average of 24.2. Okay. So um, ignoring Jan, the first week in Jan, okay, the first couple of weeks, we have always been under the long-term average. The, uh, the average for the year is 23.8. The average for the year is, for the last seven years, is 24.28. So very similar. But we've broken through, and last week it was 25.47, and this week it was 27.66. Remembering that it was at... 40.7, 39, 40.58, 38, 38, 39, 36 in October and November. So let's just not, not panic, but we need to be aware of this, Brian, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, probably, as the figures now show, more so than, um, than any time, probably in the last seven years. Price changes as a percentage of listings, and that just shows that agents are working their stock, doesn't it? Yep. It does. We've said before, that's really good. That's a great barometer to show that people are clearly in tune with what's happening and are aware of what needs to be done. But like I said before, timing is the essence here. You know, it's not easy to get the price you want when you list. Absolutely know that. And, and I'm no fool. Uh, and I wouldn't suggest that that is anything other than what the market, uh, you know, is um, allows you to do. But once you've got it, you've got, you've secured the trust of that owner. And now it's a case of keeping that trust level by giving accurate feedback as quickly as possible. I actually gave advice to an estate agent this week who has acted upon it of actually going round and doing something that hasn't been done for many years, revisiting his stock to look to get price reductions. And because what you're doing, and what I said to him, and he listens, he's and he's had a great level of success with this. 
actually, what this is, is you're going back to do another valuation of this property, now knowing what you wish you knew when you first went to see them. You know, and that's a powerful thing to do and to respect the, the, the art that we uh, are doing here with moving somebody by going and making an appointment and spending your time to sit down with them, go through the evidence collectively and work out a strategy together on how we get you further towards your goal of actually physically moving rather than doing it on a phone call or an email or sending out, God forbid, sending out price reports, which people just get confused with. God forbid. That yeah. sounds like good old fashioned estate agency, mate. It does, doesn't it? Next, the value is we're doing contact. You know, wow. But value, value is, ministers don't like doing vendor contact because they have to, uh, so, I'm not saying all of them, all of you boys and girls, but a lot, you know, don't like to let uh, be, be the, the, the spotlight shone on them that, that they overvalued the house to get the listing. Right, let's move on. A bit naughty, I know, but truth is, because that's what a lot of estate agents are. So we're not going to spend too long on these, but remember, boys and girls, these are these all these graphs are available to download either if you're listening on the podcast or on YouTube in the write up. There's a little uh, WeTransfer link, and you can download these to your heart's content, and you can use them uh, for your own personal use, but you're not to publish them on social media. Uh, the the rule of thumb here is this: green is good, red is bad. Remember, Brian, green is good, red is lovely. <laughs> so, we're, well, this is the national picture, okay. Um, and we're going to start looking at the regional stuff. We're not going to spend too long on this one, simply because people can download these. But what is particularly interesting is this, is that all the regions have a similar tonality, where, where basically, as you can quite clearly see here, we're talking the East Midlands, is that most, most not East Midlands, but most having a damn good week for, for listings, an even better week for, for price changes, sale agreeds, Okay, and slightly higher price reductions. And again, just have a look. East Midlands, percentage of fall-throughs, 30.97. And again, East of England, 30. So before we were in the early 20s. So again, just if you're in the East Midlands and East England, has your fall-throughs gone up slightly? Uh, inner London. So fall-throughs have actually been coming down, which is nice. To, oh, no, just nipped up there. Um, but again, good listings, good price changes, Okay, sales, poor fall through, uh, poor um, net sales, uh, fall through, sorry. They, Chris, you might want to move on to a different slide because we're looking at the national one here. I can't see the, where the regional ones are. Oh, hold on. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't moved. Let me just move that back. Right. Um, Have you got Inner London now? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, that was the east of England. I do apologize for boys and girls there. So there's there. Uh, can you see Inner London and um, Northeast yeah, now? Yeah, Northeast, yeah. Okay, so remember, green's got no. Yeah, you've got green, green, red, green, green, red, green, green, red on pretty much. So it's a, it's showing you know a picture across the country that everyone's having to deal with. Every region's had higher fall throughs. Every region's got some better listings, better price reductions coming on. Now, interestingly, here this is which these are the stats which we just mentioned at the end, but again, going more regional. And I think the thing here is to see how your region has changed. And again, just see if if you have a region where the greens turns to more clearer color, or the clearer color turns into a green. Um, and again, you can quite clearly see, you know, here this is sales that fell through. Yorkshire and Humberside and the northeast have really low fall through rates. But again, the southwest, east of England and East Midlands alarm bells should be ringing because we've been at twenties and now we're in the early thirties. Uh, 
Of the people who rate in Scotland, Chris, I can't see there. Is it twelve point one two percent? Twelve point one. Remember that the you've, that the Scottish law is always a little bit different and sales a bit more tied in. So I haven't yeah. coded those because they'll always be super green. Of course they will be, yeah, because it's it's less it's over it's under half of what currently the rest of the UK is facing because they have Hang a system that actually locks in buyers and sellers. Interesting. So yeah, slight alarm bells or not alarm bells, but just be aware of Southwest East England and East Midlands. Um, we now this is price changes as percentage of listings, and you can quite clearly see that the guys in the south are uh, price ch- are changing their prices a bit more than the guys in the north. Yeah, tonality there is all the same. Uh, we've also got uh, net sales as a percentage of listings, and again there is uh, look. Let's just have a quick look. Look in the in the south do price changes quite well. But the North actually don't do price changes, but they actually sell them. Just remind me, what is the overall percentage of gross sales to listings for the UK? Uh, the average for the Sorry. year so far, 67.91. And this week, 65.54. 65. Thank you, mate. Um, this this particular one is a cumulative stats year to date. Um, and again, there isn't that much in there. But again, it just shows you, and we've done the commutative stuff in the graph. So I just thought that. So again, these are available to download. I was going to say these are these are useful to download, and then lay them against what you're doing in your town, or what your town stats look like, or what your individual stats look like, and you know how are you faring up to you know what part are you playing in the in the region that you're you know you're based in? If you're in the northeast, how do your numbers look against the northeast's numbers? Indeed, good stuff. Right then, Brian. So we've got probably another 10 or 15 minutes, if that's okay with you. And we'll move over to focus on a town or a city. And we're going to what I think is considered the first city of the UK, which is sunny Colchester. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. Do I what? Sorry? Do you know it? I do know Colchester, yeah. Um, Oh, the uh, the home of purple bricks, isn't it? uh no home of purple brick oh new home yes 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 uh now this is interesting just before we go this is the percentage of weekly fall throughs as a, as a percentage of gross sales so you know we had the uplift in the 40s in 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 september we dropped down i ignore this because we have a bit of a clear out at christmas so excuse the figures up so i've taken them out because it just ruins it just doesn't make sense because she she comes up here because during Christmas week, you have a few quite a few fall throughs, but no one sells, so excuse the numbers. So we've been dropping down, and we're seeing up. So we'll keep an eye on this one, boys and girls, as we go. Right, and uh, let us get back to Colchester. Right, so we are going to Colchester. Okay, so let me just sort myself out. And um, now, just before we kick off, you know, just um, I thought this might be of interest to you is. Um, the number of withdrawals that we're getting um, per week. Now, I'm just going to go to May's figures. Just give me a second. But I just thought I just thought that the number of withdrawals are, are quite high at the moment. Um, on average, so last month it was eighty-seven thousand. You know, just to say, so let's just just have a just just give me a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the things you'll need to check with full, with withdrawals is that you do get some people. Um, uh, uh, who mark a withdrawn, believe it or not, after a property is completed. So it doesn't necessarily reflect the fact that they've lost an instruction and the seller has taken the house off the market. Um, so I just, you know, it's important to, to mention that. 
True, true. Um, the data this comes from is from 20EA, and it depends. If if the property gets taken off with the salt of the contract moniker, they consider that an exchange, as opposed to if it gets fallen through, it gets taken off uh, the other way. So there we go. So, you know, just for the month... Hang on. Did you just, sorry, mate. You just, did you just say what I just thought you heard, I heard you say? What did you say? What did you According say? to the stats, if a property is sold subject to contract and then it is withdrawn, they deem that as an exchange? No, the other way around. Oh, okay, fine. Right, yeah, all right. So last month, so again, we're talking about stock and people are just, I've always mentioned that stock is very important and the level of stock. So mm. last month, there was 149,000 new properties coming onto the market and 101 properties sold subject to contracts. So there is a difference there of 50,000. But the number of withdrawn was 60,000. So in May, the net effect was yeah. that we had a reduction of the stock. And that yeah. is an important consideration. And you boys and girls in estate agency land in your own town must is you must measure the stock levels per month because that is your, again, early warning indicator. If stock's going up and the percentage of houses are not going up with it, that's when you. That's the early warning system of we have issues in the market. It's actually a really good point you've made there, and, and forgive me if I've already referred to this in the previous show. But we used to back in the eighties and nineties, we used to have filing cabinets, which are old things that used to stand up at the back of the office, horrible grey things. But used to have a number of drawers in them, and it was really simple. We used to say, right, top drawer is for new instructions, second one is for under offers, third one is for exchanges, fourth one is for withdrawals. Yeah, so. The mission is every month to put more into the top than you're taking out the bottom three. And if you're doing that, you're growing your business. It's as simple as that. If you're not doing that, you're putting in less, then you're going backwards. You did mention it last time, but it was gone. Right. So I was going to let you roll with it because I think some people might not have watched the show. Again, boys and girls, the 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 show is available to download on YouTube. Uh, sorry, to, to watch. Um, interestingly, if you go to my playlists, uh, on the playlists, there is one section where it's the stat show. And if you watch that, that, and also if you click on the little bell, you'll be notified when the videos get arrived. Um, you can quite often, um, even though it becomes, it goes live on Property Industry at 7 o'clock or more on a Friday, you can, it's quite often uploaded on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, you'll get advanced knowledge, a notice of it. Not promising that because it depends on what's happening in my world, but sometimes quite often it is right let's move on and go and look at 28 so we're going to colchester okay so the purpose is for colchester so if you're not a colchester estate agent then you can go home and switch off unless you want to listen to this now this is a piece of software called 20ea insights so the firm is 20ea and the platform is called insights I'm not been paid to mention this software, but the bottom line is we have a symbiotic relationship because my daytime job is not doing is that is I write content for estate agents to attract landlords and vendors to their agency by using statistics. I don't need the data for which estate agent has market share or anything like that, but I get it anyway. And it was just an idea that I set up with uh, a number of people, Brian of one that we said around Christmas, why don't we use this data instead of trying to attract landlords and vendors to estate agents? Why don't we produce a show that would be of interest to estate and letting agents themselves? And there's nothing better than comparing ourselves and our big market share and all that stuff. Hence why we do this. So we pick a town or a city. Um, if we uh, Just to give you an idea of what we've done in the past, 
Um, we've done Bracknell, Durham, Wimbledon, Blackpool, Reading, Kingston, Montems, Croydon, Nottingham, Guildford, Gloucester, Oxford, Swansea, Christchurch, Coventry, Winchester, Farnborough, Ipswich, and Watford so far. And if you go into the playlist and just have a look in the write up, you'll find out which town it is. Uh, but today we're going to Colchester. And for the purposes of this, the cut we're using the Colchester postcodes of CO1, CO2, CO3, and CO4. You need, some more, you need some more northern representation, Chris, in your towns. Okay, then I, I will <laughs> up the north. Um, so we are using this. Now, you can have access to this software. Uh, please don't mention my name if you're interested in buying this software. It's, it's not a lot of money, but I don't get any kickback from it. My deal is that I mention it, and I'm a big fanboy of it. And I think uh, you also like it as well, Brian, as well. So we are looking at these two these postcodes, and the first screen that we are looking at is the stock that the estate agents have had. And it's quite obvious here that Palmer and Co have, so Palmer and Co over the last, um, over the last, um, this is from January 21. It seems to me, Brian, that they've lost some market share there. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, 8.82 8. is a very healthy market share. It is so. a very And what I find, what is particularly interesting is this. In other market, but last week, we, we as I said, we were we were looking at another town and there was two big players at around 10 or 11%. And then everyone else was up four or five. And there was like eight or nine estate agents between three and 4%. What's particularly interesting here is, is that there appears that that's quite a nice, there's not like two big boys here. No, it's a good one spread, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, we'll just we'll just whiz through this one. Good. It's a competitive market. And you know, that is definitely like a number of markets. But when it's very competitive and you're all fighting for an inch of space, which it looks like there, you know, a decent month can make a big difference to your market share when particularly when it's that tight. Um, as long as you're, you know, showing why you should be the agent of choice versus somebody else. Harrison Wood seem to be doing well with their market share. They, I don't know what they're doing, whether, you know, good marketing or different colleagues or fees, I don't know. Let's go and look at Fenrite. Wow, they're all over the place, aren't they? Uh, Michael's Property Consultants. Well done, guys and girls there. You seem to be growing, although a little bit of a dip in this year. I apologise for uh, pronunciations. Teme English. Okay. Um Okay, looks like you had a good 21, but have dropped down. William H. Brown, part of Connell Sequence Group. Like, again, they seem to be hovering between five and seven. Oak Heart, well done, guys at Oak Heart. Um, they, you seem to be doing really well on that one. Nice one, guys. Uh, let's go to Heart. Looks like they had a good 22, but again, seemed drifted off slightly. Um, hold on a second. Isn't uh, Colchester the home of Heart? Uh, yep. Okay, interesting. Night West, uh, looks like, guys, it looks like you've been slightly drifting slightly on that one. Um, and Jackson's, looks like you had a bad 22, but it seems to be pulling up your, your socks on that one. So well done. Shall I move on to the next one, Brian? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good that it's so close, though. I think it's, it's a really good, healthy market when it's all so close. It is very close. So now we're looking at, as I said, the not that previous one was new instruction, uh, was stock levels. Let's look at new instructions. And now, again, we can actually judge which, which type of marketplace these estate agents run in. So let's remember. So we're going from, and again, this is all the 20, 20 EA Insights platform, and you can have access to this. 
and do, use this data for your own benefit. This is like Right Move Plus on steroids with cherries, lasers, and glitter balls on. Okay, so this is from the first of the first 21 through to now, and you can move that backwards and forwards. You can change property type and price band. So the average agent, uh, the average price of a property coming on the market, 334,000. Let's look at it. Can I be so bold to suggest we bring that, that table forwards to first of the first 2023? Because we've got a different market now, and it'd be interesting to see what the picture looks like when people are competing against each other in a market that is different to how it may have been before. Brian, anything for you, within reason. <laughs> within reason, yeah. Right then. Okay then. So here we go. Harris and Wood. Okay, so let's remember 357. And there's been 2,221 properties that come on the market since the 1st of Jan 23 in the CO1 to CO4 inclusive postcodes. Interestingly, the average price of a property coming on 357, which is somewhere, as I said, in this sort of range, but there seems to be a decent market in the 400 to 500 range. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting when I look at that to then when you flick the trigger to sales agree to see if, the, if that graph matches the same graph. Let's have a look. No. So 357 is the average price of a property listed. listed. Yeah. The average price of a property sold, 330. Okay. So you've got a you got a good a good you know a good middle market there you know and the, actually the difference between three five seven and three thirty you know twenty is ten percent or not far That's off. Not 10%. bad, which which actually is very similar yep. to what the regional figures are. Again, it's the London market yeah. that seems to have messed that not messed up but yeah. pushed that up into the twenties. Yeah. Um, although you know, again, just I think the thing here is you look at the shape of the graph and see how it changes. Yeah, so, but you, you've still got two fifty to what's that to. 350 pretty strong in both graphs you know they're they're, yeah. they're they're there you know you just got less people buying between five and six that are listing which is understandable at the moment harrison wood at 333 so they seems to be their average is like is 10 percent lower than the average in, in colchester palmer's much even lower so they tend to be probably bottom quartile uh, michael's 373 they seem to be on the average then right 401 which again when you compare it to 357 shows they must be middled middle upper Oakheart, 349, just below the running up. Well, about the same, actually. William H. Brown, 327. Uh, again, apologies for Teme English, 342. Jackson's at 326. Knight's at 399. And Hart, 277. Let's just have a quick look at the posh agents, because we know we always like to see that how the posh agents do. Let's go and have a look. Here we go. Who's the who's the main player? Then Wright and Michaels, then Tewton Rose, which I think is the, is that part of the Hart Group, their posh brand? Yep, yeah, I think okay. so. Look at that. That's quite tight as well, isn't it? There's another mm. big player. Yep. There you go. I think for Savills, there's an opportunity there. Where's, is there a final country there? Yep. Uh, yes, there is. Yes, there is a final country there. Again, I normally find final country slightly higher than that. Oh, well, never mind. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to, right, okay, here's my favourite graph of the time. You know this, Brian. So let's just rush through this. So it, this is this graph here shows you the uh, growth of listings. So the number of listings this year compared, so this is the last 12 months compared to the previous 12 months. It's grown by 15.31. So well done for Harrison Wood. You've done really well. Michael's done well. Oak Hearts have done well. Jackson's have done well. Um, Hearts seem to be dropping there. William H. Brown dropping. Temes again, but look, looking about the same. But again, I think if the whole market's grown by 15%, if you've grown by 15, you're standing still, aren't you? 
if the market's grown and you've gone back, then you've had a 26% swing. You've got a bit of a problem there. Um, but the, the market, you know, people in the top, anyone above the uh, the actual 15.31, you know, they've obviously done exceptionally well. They've grown their market share and actually captured more of it um, than was available just by simply the level of new instructions coming up. See how interesting that only 2.19% of properties in Colchester have gone with online estate agents compared to the national average of 5.7. But that has definitely taken a downward spiral, down downward swing over the last uh, couple of months. Yes. You know, well over 6.5% at one point, so you've dropped a whole percentage point, which is a big number. Huge number when you consider that, like your William H. Browns or Connell's actual individual brands, probably only got one, 1.2, 1.3%. Mm. For, for it to lose that sort of market share, it, it has been you know, only time will tell if, if the phoenix will rise from the flames on that one. Good look, uh, hold on, isn't Strike's head office in Colchester? It is, yep. So, therefore, this is the home of Purple Brick. So, we'll find out on that one. This little graph here shows you you've got the number of instructions versus the average price. And, and you can just see graphically how you change. I do like that little graph. Okay, let's have a look again. You famously said, um, Brian, we're here to sell houses and get people moved, not market them. So, therefore, we look, we ignore the new instructions, sold with the contracts, because the property leaving in the stages books will either exchange or withdraw, won't it? Yep. Forget fall throughs because if it falls through, it's not leaving your books. Let's just have a quick look before we look at that. Which agents seem to be working their stock? Okay, well, the, in the top 10 estate agents, looks like William H. Brown, they reduce 53% of the houses they sell uh, that they put on the market, uh, whilst Michael's only 31. We'll just have a quick look at the others Jackson's, Beresford's. Um, Beresford's, are they part of their, are they a countrywide brand? I believe so, yeah. So it's interestingly that the the, the Connell sequence groups have, do have higher percentages price changes, and that's actually quite interesting. That that is quite predominant across most of their brands when we do this show. Mm. Um, leaders fifty seven, okay, but again we're talking off low numbers, but that's interesting. Connells they're not, not big. I would expect. Oh, there's Purple Bricks, mate. One point eight percent of the market. There you go. Um, let's move. That's. But again, price reductions is one thing. It's exchanging completions. It's exchanging and actually getting the house sold. Harrison Wood will exchange contracts on 60.2% of the houses that they put on the market. Michael's 49. It's quite a difference there, isn't there? Is that not the 235, uh, the next to it on the left-hand side, the number that's exchanged? Um, that is 60%. Of the 444, yeah. So, I mean, it is... No, no, no it's not. No. Right. So, ignore these, ignore all of that. Right. In the last 12 months, 235 plus 155, which is 235, 335. So, 390 properties, because you right. have those two up, 390 yeah. properties have left Harrison Woods books, according to this stat on the right. postcodes, Okay. And of the 390, 140, 155 have withdrawn, 155 of 390 is 39%. Right, gotcha. Okay, that makes okay. sense. Okay, so the average in the average in Colchester is 57.78% of houses that come on the market sold to uh, exchange. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Harris is at 60, Michael's at 49. That if I was the bosses of Michaels, I, that would be a ringing alarm bells. And this is nothing personal, but the stats are the stats. Palmer and Partners, well done at 64. Fenwright's at 66. Teme English at 54. Again, 
I know, you know, a little bit lower. Oak Heart, 71. Big, big round of applause for Oak Heart there. William H. Brown at 57. Knight West, 58. Uh, Hearts at 51. Jackson & Co, 65. Berifords, 50. I mean, again, this is just screaming at me that the, apart from the, the apart from Michaels, because I don't believe they're a corporate, the independent estate agents will have a greater propensity to exchange our property and complete than an independent. And we're not, that's not, that's just, these are these facts. And we, if you actually take the time and trouble to look at the other previous episodes and actually compare and contrast, there is a running theme through this. We are not criticizing. We're just commenting. Um, yep. Yeah. The numbers are all over the place there, mate, aren't they? Yeah, they are a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is, um, I mean, that's a, you know, the 57.78% exchange rate against, uh, you know, what was in the pot in the top tray to the bottom tray is, um, is a bit of a concern, but you know, if you're above that, of course you haven't got a problem, but if you're in, in the situation where you're, you're in 35%, you've got a bit of a problem like number 16. Um, it's interesting. The, in last week's town, the numbers were really tight. What's this? They're, they're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. Fascinating. Right, let's move on. Um, so this particular graph shows you what 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 estate agents put the house on the market versus what they what 20 EA think the house is worth. So this is almost your get agent price, if you if I'm if I can use the the analogy, and then what you actually achieve from it. Now, this is quite a bit of a geek fest, but the bottom line is this. If everyone put a three hundred the same house on the market for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, according to Twenty EA Insights platform, what would the average each estate agent get for it? Now, the the average, if you scroll down to the bottom, is three hundred and fifty three thousand. Okay, here we go. So, the average Colchester estate agent has would would have put a house on the market for three fifty. Would have sold it for three five three, but remember we're dealing with the with the mark back end of the market from last yeah, year. Yeah, we're looking at the whole of the whole of a twelve month rolling period, right? Oh yeah. So therefore, Harrison Wood got one thousand eight hundred sixty four more than the running average. Uh, Michael's two thousand four hundred sixty six. Palmer's one thousand. Um, Temes eight thousand. Oakheart 7,000. So again, if I was going up, you know, if I was Oakheart property and going against Palmer and Coach, here, here's your proof, independent evidence that we get nearly 7,000 pounds more than you. Now, again, there's lies, damn lies and statistics, but but I know for a fact that 20 EA are very, uh, very robust on these figures and they have been challenged a number of times, but Surely, you if you were an estate agent and you were te- Oakheart, you could you would use this to your advantage when going up against another agent who charged less and you were charging more, wouldn't you? You would do, but I think to be truthful with you, um, you could probably at this moment in time set the wrong expectation with your client and then be actually held to ransom for it. So I would avoid this at the moment. There it goes then. That's a valid point. I think you've got to use what data you've given and decide if it's appropriate. Is there, you know, there's there's obviously understanding the data that's in front of you and then obviously interpreting it. And how you're going to present it and uh, if you just present the raw data out there oh look we can get on average eight grand more than everybody else then that will be the terms of your contract and if you don't deliver that then you can your client can tear up the contract irrespective of how long it you've got it signed for so i would be very very careful with which particular statistics you use for the market to try to gain the competitive advantage there goes then um 
And so, also mislead people, right? Because if you if, if anyone genuinely thinks right now that they're going to get, you know, eight grand more than your asking price, then they sure, might okay, but sure, okay. yeah, but you could actually temper that and basically say this is based on the previous market. But the simple fact is is that during that same market to a state a they, according to this independent data, and it, you know, yeah, it's yeah. the way you frame it. Okay. Right, okay. So this shows you how quickly ha estate agents sell their houses and how they get them through to completion. So the, in the, aver the average agent this year has taken 43 days, that's what it says there, to get a sale through from new instruction, NI, to sort of the contract, and then 138 days from, what's your, what's your, um, what's Gazeel's average days from sort of the contract to completion? Well, we can only move a, pro you know, we can only get an exchange depending on how fast the slowest link of the chain is. So we don't actually monitor that too much. That's but we fine. We do get people in a position to exchange. Our contracts that people have are on average 90 days, but they are often extended. Um, so you're looking at around about 110 days, something like that. Okay. It's still not bad. That's still two, three weeks over. Yeah, we, we would definitely expect, if you're in, under the terms of a reservation with a timer on it, then you should be there two weeks before, at least at least a month, uh, sorry, a month before, at least two weeks before you would normally be. You can quite clearly see here that the, the the heart takes 77 days to get a sale and the best agent, if time is of everything, is Night West at 27 days. But then if you add them all up, it looks like Oak Heart do quite well on this one. What you tend to find here is some agents, it might take an awful long time to put the sold on, but then their, their, their time it takes to get a, from sale agreed, if you wait to put the sale agreed sticker on it, then your your completion time from new from sale agreed to completion is going to be much lower. But if you yeah. add them all together, it looks like the the, the top dogs. You, there is what, okay. what you're looking at, yeah, what you're looking at in Colchester, which is the starting barometer, really, if you're in that market, is from listing. So for what I call keys to keys, so you, you know you you know you get the keys to the estate agent to set your house, and then you get the keys to a new one. You're talking six months. Yep. Um, now that's kind of just about. I mean, whilst it's ridiculous, it is just about acceptable at the moment, including marketing time and transaction time. This is the lettings market. Uh, final slide. Um, we've got to take all this with a pinch of salt because an awful lot of estate agents don't put their properties on the market for rent. So we've had to take this with a slight pinch of salt, but it gives us a flavor of, of what what's happening, of what's happening to stock levels. So we can quite clearly see here that um, the number of properties, well, that's interesting, but hold on a second. There might, is there a student marketing? Just trying to think if there's a student marketing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but isn't it interesting here is, is that in 2023, 394 properties was the stock average stock level, whilst it was 308 back in 2021. Um, so these are, sorry, let me rephrase that. This is not stock levels. This is new instructions. So interestingly, we've had more new instructions this year than we did in 21. That's that's interesting. Although she seems to be dropping down slightly there, but you know, just keep an eye on things. And this is the sort of stock levels that the estate agents have. So is, I don't know if there's any agents there that we haven't mentioned past. Leaders, obviously, they're big in lettings. So they're further up the thing. We've mentioned all these. Obviously, open rent is a is a uh, an estate agency where we, it's just kind of private landlords use it to, to go on right move. Gallant. Uh, Richardson, we haven't mentioned them before. We mentioned them. Saxons, well done. And it looks like Hart do quite well on rental as well. So uh, I think that's about it, Brian. Right. So um, well, let's let us uh, go back. Um, final thoughts with you, mate. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, the message has not changed. If anything, it's probably intensified. And that is that it should be now pretty clear to people practicing the art of a state agency um, of what the blueprint should look like. You know. 
is that is that you need to compete to get to get the instruction. We all know that, you know, no matter how honest you want to be on the price of it, the feeling is, you know, you want to be giving, you know, you want to be winning the instruction. There's no, you know, there's so you can't sell what you don't list, right? But it is all about what happens when you get that house in the market. And it is not just about the marketing of it. It's about the contact strategy, the advice strategy that you give, the, the, the actual factual evidence. If you ring 100 people in the first three to four days of listing a house before it goes online, you will have, and this is the question, if, you, if someone does not want to view this property, what is it? What's the reason? We know why they will view it. But why don't they? So if you ring 10, you know, you bring 100 people and you get 20 viewings, well, what, what's the feedback from the 80 that don't want to see it? That feedback is really important right now to help with this educational piece that you need to provide to your client as early as possible so they will agree with you and take the decision to make an adjustment quicker and deeper than if you don't provide it. And the quicker you do that, the more accurate you do that, the quicker you'll get the deal through, quicker your clients will be moved, which is what they want, and the quicker that everybody else gets... Um, get some payment for the work that they do. And on that fascinating insight, I just want to say thank you very much, Brian, for the Welcome. week 25 UK Property Market Stat Show. This will be going live on Friday uh, on Property Industry Eye on Friday the 30th of June. Next week's um, special guest is a return of another big favourite of the show, which is Ian White. And both Brian and Ian bring a fascinating insight, as do all the other special guests that come along. Brian comes along every uh, four weeks or so because his insight is particularly, particularly fascinating and very <laughs> insightful. Brian, thank you very much for your Welcome. time. Your Good insight. luck to everybody. I know you love your stats a bit like me, so it's a bit of a geek fest. I know you enjoy yep. this, but I just want to say on a personal thank you for your insight. Thank you for the wise words that you've given the estate agency industry. But my final thanks have to go to you, the viewer who 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 have toiled the last hour watching this. Um, I hope you found it useful, insightful. The housing market, we don't know where it's going. There are profits out there that are saying end of the world. There are profits out there that are saying everything's hunky-dory. The magic thing is this, nobody knows. The simple fact is, is this though, it doesn't matter what's happened to the house prices, you can't control those, but you can control what percentage of the market share you get for transactions. You can control what you, you charge and you can control what you take on and don't take on. And if you don't take it on, make sure that you have a system in place to go and get it the second time. Because you'd be amazed how many people will not come back to you because they will feel embarrassed. So you've got to remove that fear of embarrassment for them to come back to you. And then when you do get the bloody thing on the market, make sure that, as Brian rightly says, you use your skills, you ring out, you use good old-fashioned estate agency. Don't just whack it on right move. Get some feedback. Get your next start picking the phone up. And anyone who's been in estate agency more than 10 years, you'll realize that right move is not your best member of staff. You are. So these are challenging times. Plan for the worst. Hope for the best. Because there's so many estate agents that went out of business in 2008 because they were blinkered and they didn't know what to do. Listen to these shows. Go back. Listen to other people in the industry. There is so much information out there. You've got enough time to watch City Cats on Bloody Roombas. You've got enough time to watch this stuff as well. It's hard work. But if you put the time and the effort in, play the long game, 
be self-aware of what you're good at and what you're bad at and what your team are. Not only will you survive, but you will thrive. Brian, thanks for your time today. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next week on week 26.